chapter 3. I believe this is our third attempt, but we're going to try to finish the chapter tonight. Proverbs chapter 3. And we will start... It's okay, Jason. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3, and we are going to start in verse 21. And uh, as we're going through the book of Proverbs, we're we're not going to take time to cover every reference in, in the entire book, but we are going to try to give an overview. And again, remember, in the book of Proverbs, we're going to see a lot of contrasting ideas back and forth. We're going to see uh, the same thing said different ways in succession. And and these are the basic forms of Hebrew poetry. In English, we think we're smart if we rhyme words. Uh, In Hebrew, they rhyme ideas. And uh, I I like the premise of Hebrew poetry uh, better than I do English poetry. Uh, uh, sometimes you just uh, wonder where some of this, uh, uh, my wife and I often like to joke about it, deep wordsmithing comes from. Uh, in some of these newer songs today, you know that they're just hunting, they must have a little computer there that picks up words that rhyme uh, because they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, in fact, we were at a restaurant the other night, and they sang a whole song and didn't say one word. It wasn't one real word in the whole song. It was one of those 50s things, ba ba ba, whatever. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. I like to sing songs that say something, amen? Uh, I like poetry uh, that is not worthy to be put on the subway cars in New York City. Have you ever read any of that poetry in motion stuff? Uh, I saw a sign, they're bringing it back, and I'm going, oh, no, something else to depress you on the subway system. But look at God's poetry. He's got an incredible purpose here, and uh, we're going to pick up right in verse uh, 21. It says, my son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then thou shalt walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being Now, as we've said before, many of the Proverbs are just single verses, uh, but here in Proverbs chapter 3, we have this whole group of Proverbs that are connected to each other in thought and in presentation, and it says that we are not to let knowledge and wisdom depart from thine eyes. Now, how can you keep knowledge and wisdom before your eyes. Let me demonstrate. Read your Bible, amen? If you read your Bible, 
You are keeping these things before your eyes. How many of you have ever struggled with your daily Bible reading? Now raise your hands if you're alive, if you're able to read. Uh, that is a process. It doesn't come naturally. Uh, you've got to work at it. it. If it isn't a struggle, I want to challenge you. You're not reading enough. Uh, if you are struggling... Well, keep at it. And, and there's always one way to make it easier. Read more. Just raise the ante, as they say. Keep working at it. Now, we do have the daily Bible reading schedules. If you don't have one, you can leave with one. This is a good place to start. But really, you ought to do more than just this. Amen? You've got to work on that. That's how you keep these things before your eyes. You know, it's a wonder they talk about taking the Ten Commandments out of the schools and we wonder why people act and do the things that they do. Keep God's laws before your eyes. Keep, now here's, here is a key. I mean, this would solve half of life problems. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. You know, there's an awful lot of wisdom in this world that is not sound. By that, what it means is it means that it's solid, that it's together, that it is correct. I mean, we have all kinds of wisdom. How many have ever seen uh, a copy of Karl Marx's works. I mean, most of you have seen them on the shelf at the library. I hope nobody here has taken the time to read them. Uh, if you have, but, I mean, you're talking a book this thick. I mean, big book. Can somebody tell me one good thing that listening to Karl Marx has done for anybody? I mean, this, I mean... There, there is wisdom there, uh, I guess, but it's not sound wisdom. You look at what is offered. Uh, when I was a kid, we always had these Confucius jokes. You remember those joking about the Confucius wisdom? He who, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I can't even remember any of them anymore. They're just silliness that is out there. Um, he will lay head on railroad track, wake up with splitting headache, things like that. Uh, we always joked about those kinds of things. But you know, people believe that it's wisdom to investigate the fact that you came from a monkey. That somehow a monkey transformed itself into a human being. Uh, recently my kids got that old Ronald Reagan movie, Bedtime for Bonzo, where they tried to train the monkey to act like a human being and all that kind of stuff. And it works in the movies, but it does not work in real life. Because monkeys are missing something. If a monkey hurts you, it does not feel bad. Now he may act bad, but he, he's not going to feel bad. Because a monkey does not have that living soul that God put in him when you do something wrong, what do you feel? You feel guilty. You feel convicted. 
That's the Holy Spirit of God communicating with you, telling you've done something wrong. It says, keep sound wisdom and discretion. Now, discretion is a wonderful word, seldom exercised. How many of you have said something right and said, I shouldn't have said that? Anybody ever done that? That is a lack of discretion. Discretion is being able to be quiet when you're supposed to be quiet, even if you're right. That is a working definition of what discretion is supposed to be. How much trouble could you keep yourself out of if you could just keep this thing closed? Anybody ever thought about that? Well, it says keep sound wisdom and discretion. If you will keep God's law, his wisdom before your eyes, let them not depart, keep them there, keep repeating. That's why you have to read your Bible everywhere. Keep sound discretion, keep sound wisdom and discretion. Now look what it says. So shall they Now, here's the things that it's going to benefit you. Life unto thy soul. Have you ever just felt kind of lean on the inside? Just kind of worn out? Well, the answer is not always a vacation. The answer is not always just some incredible experience. Sometimes it's a little discretion. Sometimes it's sound wisdom. It's the ability to know that you're doing right even when the whole world says that you're wrong. That will give you life in your soul when everybody's attacking you. Amen? These are things that we need every day. It says, life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. You ever see anybody walk around like this all the time? I had a preacher one time come and said, you guys from New York, he says, you're always looking down. I said, it's part of living around here. If you don't look down, you're going to end up stepping in it, right? And uh, he looked at me kind of funny and I said, you just got to watch where you're going around here. And he said, but this isn't New York. I said, well, I'll try to do a little better, all right? But the idea of grace, if you ever seen somebody just have a presence. In the, in the book of Judges, they talked about Gideon's family. They were like the sons of kings. They stood up straight. They walked erect. You know, you're not under the weight of the whole world and depressed, trying to figure out what's happening next if you're full of God's wisdom and discretion. Grace unto thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. I mean, if you've lived in this city very long, there's been that feeling comes creeping up on you. 
Somebody following me. Has anybody ever had that happen? I mean, I think you all do. If, I mean, I've had that happen on several occasions. And praise the Lord. I'm going to turn around and there's nobody there. Or I turn around and there's some little tiny guy. I'm not worried. Uh, no. But the simple truth is, if you want to walk in your way safely, you need to know where you're going. That's the key, is it not? And how are you going to know where you're going if you don't have sound wisdom and discretion? Sometimes it's right to go there. But discretion would say, don't do it right now. Don't force the issue. Wait a little bit. And God will bless you and keep you. Now, how many of you like verses 24 and 25? When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. You know, when you got something gurgling in your soul, what is the first thing you lose? You lose your sleep now, don't you? How many of you laid down, went to sleep, but you didn't get any rest? And that happens. Why does that happen? Usually because of some regret that we're playing over in our mind and in our soul. And we need to go back and we need to understand that if we get this sound wisdom, if we get this discretion, we'll be able to go to sleep. I love the example of Peter in Acts chapter 12. Here he was, a witness to the execution of his good and dear friend James He was put in prison. Herod was planning on executing him. And the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, tells us that the day, the night before he was to be examined and executed, an angel shows up in the prison. What's Peter doing? He's sleeping. You know what? He had sound wisdom. He was following the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone might say, Well, his discretion wasn't very good. He was in trouble because he was the spokesman for the disciples. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Did Peter tell the truth? He looked at the Pharisee's face. He looked at the, the chief priest, the very men that were responsible, humanly speaking. Of course, we know Christ submitted willingly to the death of the cross. And he said, you got to judge something, Mr. High Priest. you got to determine something. Is it better that we obey you? Or that we obey God. Now, could you imagine what he just said? He's telling the leader of the Jewish religious people, we cannot obey God and obey you. We've got to make a choice. Now, that's pretty strong condemnation now, isn't it? But you see, the high priest couldn't say anything against the disciples. Because of the things that God had done through them. And God protected Peter. His sleep was sweet. He wasn't worried about things. Have you ever thought, what would I do if this, if I know this were to be my last night on earth? What would I do? You know what my hope and prayer is? If I were to know this were my last night on earth, I wouldn't do anything different. And I already planned. 
because that would tell me that my feet are walking in the way the Lord wants me to walk, that my life is based on discretion and sound wisdom. They make all of these stories and, and things about sudden fear. I mean, here is Joe, good guy, whatever you want to call him, walking down the street, and all of a sudden, somebody pops out of the woodwork and says, come here, and now he's accused of murder, and now he's doing this, and do it. And then and the story just gets so bizarre. Does that happen in real life? Usually you get in trouble because you were already in trouble. Isn't that true? Very rarely does something just come up totally out of the blue. It's most of the time connected to something that you've done in your past. Here's what the Bible says. You get that sound discretion, that sound wisdom and discretion. You keep God's laws, His wisdom before your eyes. You're going to walk in a right path. You're not going to stumble. You're not going to be walking up a difficult road that God never intended you to walk. That doesn't mean there's not difficulty, my friend. But what it does mean is you walk surely and carefully. When you rest, you're resting in the Lord Jesus. You're not resting in your own abilities. And it says, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Why? For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Now, we like that verse. Amen? How many of you want the Lord to be your confidence and protect you when you are under attack? I'll, I'll tell you what, that's a wonderful verse. But you can't have that unless you go back to the beginning of this passage. These are the benefits of keeping God's laws and his wisdom before your eyes, letting them not depart. I mean, we forget things so easily, do we not? I can't tell you how many times I've read through the book of Proverbs. Uh, I just try not to keep count of those things, but um, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of times I've read through the book of Proverbs. But every time I read it again, the Lord reminds me about something new. That's why he wants to keep it. Before, you must keep it before your eyes. You, you cannot let them depart. You need to read your scripture. The Lord will keep you if you're walking in his way. So we move to the next section. Dealing with others. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely with thee. Just a few thoughts here. If you can do good, now is the time. You never need to wait to do good. Amen? 
Say not to thy neighbor. Someone needs a favor, needs some help. I can't help you today. I'll help you tomorrow when you have it. You remember the story Jesus told of the man who was, had a visitor come in the middle of the night and he didn't have any bread. So what's he do? He goes over and knocks on his neighbor's house. says, can you loan me some bread? The problem was not that the neighbor didn't have bread. It was the fact that he didn't want to get up and give it to him. The Bible says, listen, book of Proverbs here. If you have it, give it. Let God worry about the repayment. Amen. And don't worry about, don't try. It says, devise not evil against thy neighbor. I mean, there are all kinds of things going on in our city. Don't waste your time thinking about evil thoughts. That's simply what it's saying. And so, we come here to verse 30. It says, Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. We get... uh, There are causes. How many different causes could you sign up for this evening if you wanted to? I mean, 40,000. They're everywhere. In fact, a little while ago, we had someone uh, walking up and down the neighborhood saying, they're building this big house over here on 36th Street and they're going to destroy the neighborhood. You need to sign a petition against them. And I'm sitting here going, yeah. I said, are you going to get up a petition for all the illegal apartments in Astoria? Well, uh, that's not the issue. I said, you know, we, we don't need to just get in a fight to get in a fight. Amen. I like what my dad taught me. He said, number one, don't go looking for a fight. Number two, don't ever start one. Rule number three was, I don't know how biblical it was, but he said, When you've obeyed rule number one and rule number two, don't lose. Uh, But the simple truth of the matter is, don't go looking for a fight. There are gazillions of issues that you can fight about out there. None of them have to do with the gospel. Keep your focus on the things that need to be done. And then we get to verse 31 through 35. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth in these last few here. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. You know, the most popular movies today, uh, popular themes are vampires and gangsters, right? Do they qualify as oppressors? Yeah. Why do people envy the oppressor? Well, Pastor, wouldn't it just be cool to be in charge? To just walk into a room and tell everybody what to do? No. There's nothing cool about that. But people like that kind of power. They like that idea. Uh, Let me tell you, uh, if you could talk to John Gotti, you'd find out how in charge he was the last eight or ten years of his life as he died of cancer in a prison in Springfield, Missouri. 
That illusion of power that the world loves to put into their movies and things is simply that. It's an illusion. None of these people who oppress others go to sleep and their sleep is sweet. None of them have a stumble-free way to walk. They're always worried about what the next guy's going to do. Now look what it says here. For the froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. Have you ever shared a secret with a close friend? It was just you and them and you, you had this thing that you shared and you enjoyed together. The Lord says he wants to give you his secret. He wants to share private things with you that he has designed to encourage you. But if you're going to allow yourself to be froward or perverse in your ways, God is going to count you as an abomination. Do you know saved people can act abominably? The writer of of Proverbs here, Solomon is saying, listen, you got to understand that this perversity in spirit, God despises it. He's not going to give you grace. He's not going to help you. But if you'll just walk that path of righteousness, you'll have his secret. Do you see the contrast between the two opposite poles that are there? Look what it says in verse 33. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. You have God's curses versus God's blessing. If you make your house a just house, your home built upon justice in the Bible, and by the way, justice and fairness are opposites. There is nothing just about fairness. Justice is based on divine principle. Fairness is based on the lowest common denominator. You can't have both. Don't get caught up in this fairness thing. It will destroy you. The wicked is always crying out, that's not fair. But listen, God blesses the habitation of the just. Study that word just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace to the lowly. Do you see how these things contrast? And you you have to make a choice. The wise shall inherit glory. Now he reverses the order in this last one just to keep you on your toes and keep you watching. But shame shall be the promotion of fools. Years ago in the state of Ohio, we had a governor that was a rather interesting uh, governor. Uh, To say that he was corrupt was an understatement. And uh, the Cleveland newspaper did an expose on the governor and his aides. And uh, they listed a certain aide and said, 
here is Mr. So-and-so. He started out in a $20,000 house. This was many years ago. And now he moved into a $50,000 house. And it went up several tiers. And it finally got to this one guy. He started out in a $250,000 house and moved to the $50 million state penitentiary. Shame shall be the promotion of fools. But you know what? The wise says, shall inherit glory. Now, how do you get an inheritance? You've got to think of the words that are chosen here. An inheritance is usually left by someone who has lived long and you have known well. Amen? Inheritances are not just dropping out of trees. It's got to be somebody that you know, someone that has lived. It says you inherit glory. How does somebody inherit things usually? Well, there's got to be a death first. The glory that you inherit is not for this life. It's for the next one, my friend. So how did Solomon understand all these things? Well, it was easy. He had God's wisdom and sound discretion before him. He, he, he understood that the greatest things in life are not in this physical existence. They're in the life to come. We've got to prepare for that. You're going to inherit glory. You've got to be willing to follow the Lord. And he goes through all of these things and, and it, you read because you can be an abomination or you can have the Lord's secret. You can choose to be a scorner and be scorned by God or to be lowly and receive his grace. You can have the curse of the Lord in your house if it's built upon wickedness. Or you can have his blessings if you'll live justly. If you'll be wise, you'll inherit glory. But if you choose the wisdom of this world, shame will be your promotion. And so this is Proverbs chapter 3. And we've just skimmed uh, over the surface of this. But as we look through here, we see that the writer is putting these things in little packets of information and to try to get us to think and to understand, to perceive the true wisdom, sound wisdom and discretion. If you have them. You're going to walk up straight. You're not going to stumble. You're going to be able to lay down and get a good night's rest. And when sudden fear cometh, it is the Lord that's going to protect you. Have you ever thought about trying to protect yourself? I'll tell you what, you can't do it. Now, I know the Lone Ranger does a great job. But that's only in books, my friend. 
Don't try what the Lone Ranger does in real life. It doesn't work. But if you'll serve the Lord, He'll protect you. And that's the only way that you'll ever be protected. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we just walk through these few verses tonight, we ask that you would embed the truths in our lives and in our hearts. Help us to see these things. And Lord, I pray that if anything at all, that this time of going through the book of Proverbs on Sunday night would encourage each of us as individuals to study more your word and to see the greater things and things that we just possibly could not cover in our time this evening. But we would read and reread these words. And most of all, Lord, that we would live them positively and in agreement with your blessings. Lord, we ask you to work that we may glorify thee. And before we finish that prayer tonight, just give you an opportunity to slip out of